What's going on, family? Happy Tuesday. Welcome to another edition of The Faction. I hope you guys are doing well. Hope you had an amazing weekend. It was a big wrestling weekend, a massive wrestling weekend once again, and I'll be glad to tell you all about it on today's episode. Shout out to all of you who join us on the socials, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at The Faction Show. Shout out to all of you who are subscribed to our podcast on Spotify, on Google, on Apple, all of those places. We really appreciate your continued support. If you're not subscribed, you can go ahead and click the subscribe button wherever it is that you're joining us today. And if you're not following us, go ahead and hit the follow button on all of the socials. On top of that, if you're brand new to what we're doing, thank you so much. I don't know how you found us. It could have been a number of ways, but thank you so much. I really, really appreciate you hanging out with us today. So a couple of interesting housekeeping items before we get into what you really came for. For one, uh, I had the privilege of recording a lot of podcasts last week. I was guest for a few of them, of course, rocking with our good friends, Black Wrestling Alliance, aka A Dazzle, and Mex, aka WrestleManiac.uk, hanging with them on their weekly show titled Wrestle Extra. You can find that on YouTube. Also had a chance to be a guest on the Mixed Tag Podcast, which you can catch on Twitch. I've posted both of those on my socials, particularly on Twitter, so you can go ahead and check that out if you're following me at Bonnerfi. Just always an amazing opportunity to share some cool things and to talk about some great things that we're involved in. So if you get a chance to check those out, by all means, do so. In fact, there's another podcast that uh, just released last night from Wrestling While Black. My good buddy R3 over there had me on as a guest again this time to talk about Battle Slam and the fallout from that. So you can certainly check that out as well. And I'll get into Battle Slam and a few other things in this episode. So I said this was a really massive weekend in the world of pro wrestling, and it was Friday night was SHW 40 here in Atlanta. Crazy, crazy event to say the least. A lot of things went on. I can't wait for you guys to check it out on IWTV once it is released. What a night. What an absolutely crazy night. And that started a super busy weekend for me, which I'll finish telling you about probably towards the end of the show. But I want to get you in tune with some other wrestling action this weekend because this weekend saw pay-per-views from the NWA, New Japan Pro Wrestling, and Battle Slam. All three of those happened this weekend. And so major things happened at all of those events, and I want to make sure I get you up to speed on what happened. So NWA's Always Ready was their latest pay-per-view. It happened from the Knoxville Convention Center in Knoxville, Tennessee. That took place Saturday night. A big night for a few reasons. For one, we saw the NWA debut of Taya Valkyrie, who appeared. And again, she's been spending some time quite a bit in Impact and in AAA. So seeing her in the NWA was definitely a welcomed surprise. We saw two titles change hands in the NWA. The tag team championships changed hands as a team of Harry Smith, who is the son of the British Bulldog, and Doug Williams defeated La Rebellion, ending their almost one-year title reign as NWA tag team champions. Now, this one's interesting because the team of Harry Smith and 
Doug Williams also handed La Rebellion their first loss since becoming tag team champions back at the Crockett Cup a couple of months back. So that's what earned them this title opportunity and they took full advantage of it. So those are your new NWA tag team champions. The other big piece of news coming out of the NWA this weekend is that there's a new NWA world champion. So in case you had not heard, Matt Cardona suffered an injury where he tore his bicep off of the bone. So let me just stop here and say this. With the injuries that we've been seeing in the world of wrestling in the last three weeks alone, from injuries to CM Punk to the highly touted injury of Cody Rhodes to Matt Cardona and several others, injuries are abounding, which reminds us that this sport is very much a sport. And so because it's a sport, injuries happen, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. With that said, Matt Cardona, it was undetermined whether or not he'd actually be able to defend that title as he was slated to defend it at that pay-per-view against the former champion Nick Aldis. He would come out to the ring and tell everyone that he was not medically cleared and then he would be pretty much forced to relinquish the NWA World Championship. It turned into a fatal four-way involving Nick Aldis, Trevor Murdoch, Tom Latimer, and the debuting Sam Shaw, who you likely know from NXT as Dexter Loomis. So here's the deal with Sam Shaw. I actually first saw Sam Shaw at NWA 70 in Nashville. At that point, he was participating in the NWA National Title Tournament, which at that point was won by Willie Mack. Fast forward, of course, he spent quite a bit of time in NXT as Dexter Loomis. He came in surprising everyone at this pay-per-view, very much like Dexter Loomis, but as Sam Shaw. Really didn't talk very much, except for three words, I want in. And with that, he was involved in the title match. Interestingly enough, two of the four participants, Nick Aldis, Trevor Murdoch, former NWA world champions. With all of that said, the win goes to Trevor Murdoch. Trevor Murdoch is the new NWA world champion. So that's a pretty big deal. The news coming out of the NWA, again, you can check out that pay-per-view. Always ready right now on Fight TV. That then takes us to Sunday morning here in the States where we saw New Japan bring us their latest pay-per-view event, which was called Dominion. Now, this was a really important event for a lot of reasons, particularly because of the massive pay-per-view that's coming our way at the end of the month called Forbidden Door. It's the dream pay-per-view that sees AEW versus New Japan. And so far, the matches are really lining up to be massive. That's like really what's happening so far. So this Dominion pay-per-view becomes very important because it would have, in one way or another, an impact on Forbidden Door. Two of the matches that people were very, very interested in were, of course, the match between Hiroshi Tanahashi and Hiroki Goto. The winner of that would end up going to battle John Moxley for the interim AEW World Championship at Forbidden Door. The other match that's of great interest was the main event between Kazuchika Okada and Jay White as they were fighting for the IWGP World Heavyweight Championship. The winner of that match certainly will be defending that title, or at least it's believed, at Forbidden Door. 
So with all that said, taking a look at the major results, and I do say major results because there were a lot of matches that happened here. First and foremost, we have new IWGP Tag Team Champions, as the new champions are Jeff Cobb and The Great O'Conn, as they defeated Chase Owens and Bad Luck Fale in their first title defense to become the new IWGP Tag Team Champions. This is major news, as Jeff Cobb and Great O'Conn actually came and attacked the ROH Tag Team Champions, FTR, on an episode of Dynamite just a few weeks back so that gets really really interesting to see where that will go in the AEW interim championship elimination match congratulations to Hiroshi Tanahashi who defeats Hiroki Goto and secures his spot in that match now Remember, initially it was supposed to be Tanahashi versus CM Punk. CM Punk got injured, and so now all of these interesting things are happening on the AEW side. There was the whole battle royal that happened at the top of Dynamite with the winner facing John Moxley at the end of Dynamite. John Moxley wins that match. Hiroshi Tanahashi wins the interim championship elimination match, and so now the AEW interim World Championship will be decided at Forbidden Door as John Moxley takes on Hiroshi Tanahashi. Now, this is legit another dream match. And there's been some heat between these two over the last couple of years. So to see them battle for the interim world title gets very interesting. And I'll just throw this out here. I actually think that Tanahashi could win this match. And the reason why I think that is the idea that there will be an interim world champion who will ultimately fight CM Punk to unify the title says to me that you could have history here. The first time a New Japan guy wins an AEW championship, that being the interim world championship. Again, we've got about two weeks before this pay-per-view, so I'll be very intrigued to see how all of this goes down, but certainly exciting times in the world of wrestling. From there, we get to the IWGP World Championship. Kazuchika Okada, in his fifth defense, loses the title to Jay White. I don't know how many of us saw that coming, though Jay White has seemingly always had Okada's number. Jay White is always dangerous, and Jay White now wins the IWGP World Heavyweight Championship. He's the man, and now he will go to Forbidden Door, presumably, to defend against who? That's the question, as on Dynamite this past week, the former AEW World Champion Hangman Page made a challenge to the IWGP World Champion. At that time, it was Kazuchika Okada, which that obviously is a dream match. Adam Cole said, wait a minute, who says you're going to be fighting for that title as he staked his claim to winning the Owen Hart Tournament? which I guess could make him a contender. So now this gets interesting because who's going to actually battle Jay White for the IWGP World Heavyweight Championship at Forbidden Door? I imagine we will find out at Dynamite this week. And there's a conversation to be had about Dynamite this week and more when we return. Southern Honor Wrestling is now on IWTV. Relive the biggest moments and memories from SHW's historic first year. I'm in Dallas Vegas here at Southern Honor Wrestling. Quit. But Jericho is here and can't What is going on? Oh my God! Give me a minute! Oh man! Over you! Oh! Oh, 
He put him through the windshield. And hold your forks because we're just getting started. Don't miss another second of SHW, the fastest growing independent promotion in the Southeast. Check out Southern Honor Wrestling now at independentwrestling.tv. New subscribers use promo code SHW to get five free days. SHW, this is our wrestling. I've known Dylan since he was 15. I've known what a crazy fanatic he's been. He never just went and played. So what are you doing? Well, you know, I gotta plan the show first. He wants to be the guy shaping. Dylan used to run shows back in his hometown and ever since he moved to Atlanta, I know that he's been really wanting to start his own company here. I had that fear of not being what's interesting in Atlanta. I said, I'm gonna start my own wrestling promotion. You need to get in a room with this guy. Because at the end of the day, wrestling had grown stale in Georgia. I'm like, dude, this guy's ruffling everybody's feathers. Dylan learned that I'm impatient, and I announced that we were gonna start a promotion 90 days later. And I knew that I had no content. But then I started to see all the things that he was doing. It was starting to look really professional. Gary had stirred up so much shit. We were gonna be the laughing stock of the entire city if we didn't deliver. Perception's reality. How did we get on Southern Honor? What was the process of them walking over there like, I'm gonna do that? I thought, honestly, he was dead. You hear his brain swelling. I literally thought Southern Honor was probably done. You always told me, if you don't like an idea, come up with a better idea. You're telling me you won't listen to the idea? And we're gonna pack 1,000 people! I couldn't wait for an answer from Chris. We weren't sure. No confirmation. How about that? The lights are going out here. The first indie show I've ever done in 23 years was with Southern Honor, and now everyone's talking about this company. Nothing bigger than that's ever gonna happen here. A few minutes later, it was extremely hard to maintain relationships because I was working with Gary. I don't know that they would go to war for me. They would go to war for Dylan. Finally, this year's going to be mine. COVID. I can honestly say my last match will be here just because Southern Honor is that special to me. So many things that have happened in my life that you could write on paper and it would read as a book. And Southern Honor is just another chapter. As long as there's a win. All right, guys, so now that we understand what has happened at New Japan's Dominion pay-per-view, which is always a massive pay-per-view, there are always major things happening there. Now we know that we've got a new IWGP World Heavyweight Champion, new tag team champions, similar things happen in the NWA. How will this affect Dynamite? Well, here's how it affects Dynamite. We don't know yet, but here's what we do know. What we do know is a piece of news that none of us planned to hear happened over the weekend as Jeff Hardy, former WWE superstar, current AEW superstar, was arrested again for DUI, driving under the influence of alcohol. It happened on I-95 in Florida. This makes the third DUI for Jeff Hardy in four years. This is a really unfortunate situation when it comes to Jeff Hardy. So here's how all of this looks. He was arrested Monday morning. 
So he is set for trial, believe it or not, on Wednesday, which seemingly makes it almost impossible for him to make it to Dynamite. But the reason this is important, because scheduled for Dynamite this week, is a tag team ladder match for the AEW World Tag Team Titles. It's scheduled to be Jurassic Express defending against the Young Bucks and the Hardys. Kind of a dream ladder match there. And from what I understand, AEW has put the pause on promoting this match. It may happen. It may not. If the match happens, you've got to imagine it will not include the Hardys. Once again, a bad break, you could argue, for Jeff Hardy. But let's just keep it a buck here, okay? There was a lot of controversy around Jeff Hardy last year. If you remember, there was a big deal made because Jeff Hardy was released from WWE when WWE believed that he was under the influence. Jeff Hardy stated that his drug test came back clean and that WWE fired him unceremoniously. Really kind of caused a bit of a turf war between WWE and the Hardys, as at one point WWE had even offered to put Jeff Hardy in the Hall of Fame to kind of make up for this particular situation. Jeff Hardy refused. He would soon then be signed to AEW. Everybody really believed for amazing things. However, in comma, and I said this before, looking back at Double or Nothing, Jeff Hardy was out of it. He did not seem like he was in a good space. And strangely enough, after that match, he unceremoniously left the ring. Nobody really understood why. Kind of made a circle and then ultimately came back in the ring and everybody kind of dismissed it. So there's a part of me that wonders, was WWE actually telling the truth and did they know something that most did not with their decision to fire Jeff Hardy. For him only to be arrested for a DUI less than a year after being fired from WWE, and the idea that there are three DUIs on Jeff Hardy in four years states that there's a massive problem. Now, we gotta ask ourselves some questions. You know, we do know that Jeff Hardy at one point was deemed to be a recovering alcoholic. I don't know if that's the case if you are driving under the influence of alcohol. And many have said this, including our own Brandon Clack, could he not have called an Uber? I've gotta imagine there in Florida, Jeff Hardy could have gotten an Uber and probably would have gotten it for free when people realized who he was. I just don't understand this, I don't, but I think we're at the point now where we have to look at patterns and we have to look at behavior. And in both of those cases, three DUIs in four years is very, very dangerous. Anything could have happened, someone could have gotten terminally hurt, this could have really ended up bad. Jeff Hardy's got to be more responsible as a human being at this point. And you then have to wonder what AEW is going to do. I'm not sure what they're going to do. I don't know what's going on in the mind of Tony Khan, but he really has to give some thought to what do you do about Jeff Hardy. This isn't about the moment, it's about the movie. And the movie says three DUIs in four years. That is a man who is a danger to himself He's a danger to fans, unfortunately, and I dare say he's even a danger to fellow wrestlers because if you cannot control this alcohol situation, it is not safe for you to perform. So I'm not saying what should happen. I'm just going to say, would you want to wrestle against someone who has had three DUIs in four years? 
something like this, you know, is a decision. And again, I'm not, I'm just saying what I'm saying, right? It is a decision, meaning you decide to get behind the wheel of a car. Nobody forces you to do that. Nobody puts a gun to your head, you know. And again, with spaces like Uber and Lyft and these ride sharing spaces, or you could have asked someone for a ride or gotten a taxi or what have you, you know, the ride shares are usually open 24 hours a day. So again, thinking rationally, why dare to get behind the wheel of a car when you know you're impaired? And I'm gonna go so far as to say this, the DUIs are three DUIs in four years that he was caught and charged doing. I kind of look at this like speeding, right? If you decide to speed, usually when you're caught speeding, it's rare that you're caught the very first time. You've usually sped more than once and you feel comfortable because you have managed to get away with it, so you continue to do it. So it says to me that these three times were not the only three times you can assume that Jeff Hardy has driven under the influence. That makes this even more dangerous to me. So I think AEW needs to make a responsible decision concerning Jeff Hardy. If you wanna get him into treatment, perhaps you can, but if you remember, it was during the pandemic era when we were in empty arenas that Jeff Hardy you know, came back to WWE, had said that he had kicked his whole alcohol problem. There was even a whole angle and program done with Sheamus, which I think was a bit off kilter and and in poor taste, but they did it anyway to really highlight the fact that Jeff Hardy was clean. But that can't be the case if, again, three DUIs in four years. So we'll see what happens with Jeff Hardy. Now, also on Sunday, we had Battle Slam Fight for Atlanta live on pay-per-view, which is, again, a moment that I just can't say enough about. My first ever live pay-per-view calling the action with Suge D. Thank you for all who did order, because I know some of you did. I saw some of your tweets and your posts on Facebook. Thank you so much. It was an incredible night that ended up having some really, really big moments. Tasha Steeles ended up defending the Impact Knockout World Championship against Queen Aminata, a match that ended in a time limit draw, which I just have to tell you, Queen Aminata is arguably the face of Battle Slam, one of the most popular superstars in all of Battle Slam and Terminus, loved and adored by so many. And her match with Tasha Steeles was top tier. And speaking of top tier, you know, we had Dante Martin and Leon Ruff. We had Private Party against Casey Navarro and Myron Reed. So many incredible matches and moments. And of course, everybody's talking about the moment where Lil Scrappy, who was a performer, ends up giving a Uranagi or rock bottom to Baron Black. See how all of that unfolds on Fight TV. You can check it out and order the pay-per-view and the replay right now but I want to say thank you to everyone who showed love and showed support all of those things really means the world to me uh, so you can check out our pay-per-view debut on fight tv right now uh, or maybe even later whenever you desire to and if you did not see the first battle slam that is available for free on fight tv so just go to fight tv and search for battle slam and you can check that out again thank you guys so much for your continued support and who knows what happens next but we can definitely say yeah 
I called my first live pay-per-view. What an amazing moment. And there's a neat reel out there that I released on my social media. So you can certainly follow me at Bonnerfide on Instagram and check out that reel as we took a look back, kind of at a behind-the-scenes look of Battle Slam. Really, really cool stuff. All right, guys, tonight's Tuesday, so that means NXT is coming your way, 2.0. Very intriguing to see what will happen there. On top of that, you've got Dynamite happening this week, NXT UK, Impact, SmackDown, which looks to have a world title match between Roman Reigns and Riddle. So lots of great wrestling action still in route. So until next time, family, representing for my good brothers, Courtney Beard, Brandon Clack, and the fourth horseman, the EP John Murray. My name is Gerard Bonner, and this is The Faction. I lead my people, here we go.